Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hi, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. You know, when we pray for America, we have got to pray that our fellow citizens become more and more aware of the authoritarian kind of government that uh, we are we are more and more being subjected to. And it's becoming clearer and clearer. You know how after a while you notice one thing and it bothers you, and then you notice another thing and it's another outrage. And then you notice a third thing and you say, yeah, that's why I think the country's going in the wrong direction. And, and we hear and we talk about and we hear the news about uh, uh, all these different things, and we may even watch programs like this where we comment on it and we pray about it. But then a certain point comes where there's an aha moment and you say, wait a minute, I see the pattern now. I see the connection among all these things. I think this is happening more and more, don't you, among the American people? And I think this is key to winning these midterm elections, making sure that we take back the House, take back the Senate, in 2024, take back the White House. And uh, uh, I think a, a, a key to all of this is seeing the pattern. And I want to go out, come, come at this today with some commentary on some things that have been said by some Democrat leaders. And, and, and these are things you've heard before. But I want to put them under this context of a pattern that we see. And I want to address it biblically uh, with a response that comes powerfully from many sections of scripture. So that's what I want to do uh, with you here tonight. I want to start with one of those passages that addresses uh, the current situation, and it comes from Galatians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 26. So let's go to the word. And by the way, uh, let me know, let us all know in the comments what your own prayer needs may be, because we all want to pray for you. We all want to pray for each other. That's part of praying for America. So Galatians 3, 26. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let us pray. Lord God, we are not defined by the color of our skin. We are not defined, Lord God, by what other people do or say to us or about us or claim to speak for us. We each are created in your image. We each find in Jesus Christ, the fullness of that image. And we are each responsible before you, O God, for our own lives, our own activities. We each will be judged before your judgment seat and not answerable to anyone else. Lord, enable us to exercise personal responsibility and spiritual responsibility and to recognize that responsibility in the lives of others. Lord God, take away from us all broad brushes 
by which we make assumptions about people. Take away from us, Lord God, the identity politics that is staining our nation at this present time, dividing our nation in unnecessary ways, fostering hatred. Take away from us, O God, the critical race theory and the prejudice and the new forms of racism, not like the elite are trying to establish, but the new forms that are raising their ugly heads and root us instead in our identity in Christ Jesus. We pray in the name of that same Lord, that same Savior, the only hope of humanity, Jesus Christ. Amen. So friends, we let's, let's look first of all at this biblical pattern. I want to establish a biblical pattern in response to a destructive social pattern right now in America. You know what critical race theory is, okay? Our children are being indoctrinated uh, in, in this, and even, even uh, uh, we adults are being indoctrinated into this, where because we belong to a certain group, because we are white, for example, we are told we are automatically, irredeemably racist. You know, when you hear the term systematic racism, well, systematic as opposed to what? As opposed to what we deeply believe in our Christian faith is individual personal responsibility. We believe in this, by the way, in our American legal system as well. The personal responsibility, which allows us both to perceive and grasp onto the law of God, reject vice, adhere to virtue, and if we have chosen vice, if we have sinned, the individual responsibility and ability to repent, right? I mean, no matter what, and you know, I, I speak uh, uh, to many of you here in this audience who can, you know, as can I, as can all of us, look back at past sins uh, that we have been involved in and say, thank God I repented of that. You know, thank God I, I I turned course, and we know that there are sins in our lives today, of which we are we are repenting daily. Repentance is a daily, a daily activity. But you know, some of us have made very very big leaps of repentance at various times in our life that took us off an entire pathway that we were on, maybe turned us around 180 degrees. After we did that, we were still in so many of the different ethnic groups or other kinds of identity groups that we all may belong to by birth or by some other commitment we've made. But that didn't that never took away our opportunity to repent, right? If I'm a white man and I was involved in sin in the past and then I repented and turned around, I'm still white, but I have a new life in Christ. If you're a black person, if you're an Asian person, if you're a woman, if you're a man, what, what defines our Christian life, and Paul is talking about it here, you have been baptized into Christ Jesus. All right, this is not a, a, a groupthink or identity politics kind of thing. This happens, this, this choice of faith and baptism via personal responsibility Jesus says, no one comes to the 
No one comes to, to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. God draws us to his Son, Jesus Christ. Christ, in turn, leads us back to the Father. But it's a call to each one of us, and we take a personal response. And then we become, obviously, a community. Just like a person who individually wants to become a citizen of the United States, makes that choice, does what is necessary, and then becomes part of the community of American citizens. Okay, so there's a distinction here between the personal responsibility we exercise on the natural and the supernatural level, and on the other hand, a kind of identity politics, a kind of uh, group think. Uh, uh, this is a mixture of many different destructive philosophies, including this critical race theory, that take away the personal responsibility. That's the point right there. Oh, I'm not a racist. But then somebody else comes along and tells me that I am, or our children, you know, oh, I don't hate anybody. And someone's coming along and indoctrinating them that they, in fact, do. They, in fact, do. Uh, so, not, no, it's nothing that you did, nothing that you can do. You can't do anything to change it. It's just who you part of who you are. See, that's what's so destructive about this. That's what's so nonsensical. And yet we see the left engaging in this identity politics all the time. Now, I'm going to go into a few other scriptures that come against this idea. But first, let's look at some of the, 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 the worst examples of this. Because you can do this from the point of view of trying to establish that there's this class warfare. You know, it, 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 it's based now on various types of identity not in the old Marxist way, but it's the same principle. You're setting up these, these clashes, these, this warfare between different groups of people. Again, not by the individual's choice, but by definition. And then you have people using it against their political enemies. So back in 2016, what did, uh, what did Hillary say? Oh, the basket of deplorables. So since then, we have gladly taken on the title of deplorables, but that's that's because we stand against their despicable ethics and uh, and wacko ideas. But she she tried to paint you know the followers and supporters of President Trump. By the way, anybody who tries to mess around with the followers of Trump, you know you 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 do realize that there were seventy five million people that voted. He got more votes than any sitting president ever in the entire history of the United States of America, these people do realize that, right? I mean, can they, uh, are they able to count? Like, that's a big, kind of a big number. 75 million, you really want to say something bad about that many people all at once? Uh, These people have got to just pause a little bit before starting to uh, paint with such a big brush in such a in such a uh, uh, an insulting way, but then of course you've got Biden himself. Remember what he said? Well, well, I tell you what. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Remember he said that in the in, in an interview. And then just very recently, just the other day, he talked about an extreme MAGA philosophy. Philosophy. 
And now he's not just talking about one person, Donald J. Trump. He's talking about the people, again, those who vote. A lot of people support him, they didn't even vote. But 75 million who did vote. An extreme MAGA philosophy, he goes on to say, it's not just Trump. It's the entire philosophy that underpins the, I'm going to say something, it's like semi-fascism. Tread carefully there, Brandon. Tread very carefully. Because you are using some divisive language here that sort of contradicts what we already knew was a false and empty promise from the beginning of your presidency about uniting the country. What a joke. What a joke. So the entire philosophy here is semi-fascism. Oh, yeah, I'm going to unite the country by calling half the country fascist. Is there something certifiably wrong with you? You know, brothers and sisters, the equally idiotic governor of New York, and I'm from New York. In fact, I'm going back there today for a visit with my family. Um, Hochul. Okay, now, here's another really far-out person. She said recently, the era of Trump, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. Get out of town. Get out of town because you don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers. Okay, so this is the same kind of sick groupthink identity politics, brushing with the big brush, uh, trying to identify people. Uh, according to your own sick way of thinking, that characterized those other quotes that I uh, uh, that I that I that I just gave you. Our values. Let's go back to that for a second. You don't represent our values. Okay, Hokel. Who in the world are you talking about? Wh- whom are you claiming to represent? Whose values and where do they come from? Do we who are supporters of President Trump and the MAGA philosophy, or whatever you think it is, whose values are you contrasting that to? Our values? So so does being governor of New York, which by the way you shouldn't be, somehow bring with it uh, the opportunity to define a set of values and form a community? Are you Moses coming down from the mountain with the code of the covenant by which now all the people have to live and according to which they had to have to adhere in their values? Whom are you pretending to speak for? Is this what you were elected to do? This is why I say, brothers and sisters, when somebody runs for public office, You know, the first criterion that we have to evaluate them on is, do they understand the nature of the office that they're seeking? Do they understand the limits of the power that they would get, if you want to even call it power, because it's supposed to be service, uh, if they actually assume that office? What is it that we're entrusting or empowering them to do? Our, our, Our government is based on the consent of the governed, okay? So those who are governors, presidents, senators, representatives, they have power only that the people agree to give them. They have authority only that the people who have the ultimate authority agree to give them in a representative way. 
So if they don't understand the nature and limits of that authority, they shouldn't even be running, much less exercising the powers of that office. Well, this woman has some kind of weird idea that she can say to the people in New York to leave New York because they don't, you don't share our, I'm still, I'm interested to know who is the our here. You see this way of thinking is, it's, I mean, talk about divisive. My goodness. These people, listen, these people don't belong in public office. And, and as far as a Hochul is concerned, you know, this is the United States of America, let me remind you. And we're able to tolerate a lot. We're able to tolerate people of different philosophical, religious, moral, and political views than our own and learn how to debate those things in public and in private and, 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 and work out a way of peacefully living under our constitution. And there are checks and balances and a balance of powers and a legislative process and court processes. And there are ways where people who severely disagree with one another under a rubric of freedom of speech and protected speech and everybody's rights being recognized under the law, where, where we're able to, to have a, 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 a well-functioning orderly society, an ordered liberty under which many people can live all of whom disagree with one another in different ways. And yet, those who do agree on various things are able to freely associate and advance their positions. But if you think that you can ideologically stand up there and say, okay, all you supporters of Trump, leave the state. Well, I've got news for you. A, this is not how we function in America. And B, if as apparently you do, you think that it is? Well, then it's not the Trump supporters who should be leaving the state. It's you, Hochul, who should be leaving the country. Because, because the, the, you see, we can, we can live together with people who disagree with us. But when people are saying, no, no, you can't disagree with us, Here's that authoritarian, here's that pattern I spoke about way at the beginning. You start to recognize the pattern. We've got people here who are trying to, talk about trying to divide the country. No, we're not that way here in New York. You go to Florida. What kind of nonsense is this? No, we can live with people who disagree with us. But people who then come in an authoritarian, ideological way and say, no, 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 we're not going to tolerate disagreement. You're the ones that need to leave. You should not be governor of New York. You should be nowhere near any kind of public office. And in fact, if you're going to continue thinking that way, you've become an enemy of America. You leave. Leave the country altogether. Because this is a country where we have learned how to, uh, uh, to live together. And she obviously doesn't want to. And she doesn't want us to either. And this, brothers and sisters, is bad. This is really bad. So back to then the scriptures, we've got um, several different uh, passages here, building on the theme that I articulated there, uh, or I should say, let Paul articulate from Galatians 3. Um, listen, for example, to when Paul is preaching in, um, in Acts 17. God gives life, gives to all life and breath and all things. 
He has made of all nations one blood. Uh, our, our friend Evangelist Alveda King, who was part of our Priest for Life team for 16 years, constantly quotes this verse. He made us of one blood uh, to dwell on all the face of the earth. And he has determined the times beforehand and the bounds of their habitation. Uh, and then later on in that passage, he says, in him, in God, we live and move and have our being. So all of us springing from this one God. Yes, we are individual, we are diverse, uh, but we have that unity by virtue of our creation and God living and dwelling in us, made, as, as so many other passages say right from the book of Genesis, in the image and likeness of God. Now contained in there is not just our identity, and this is again a key distinction I want to point out, in the Christian world, yes, we have identity, and yes, we have community, and yes, you need to be able to be identified as a Christian, but it's not the kind of identity politics that the left uses, because what they do in identifying the group is erase personal responsibility. See, it's not so much identification, because we are we do have an identity in God and in Christ. We are a community in Christ. It's not so much the identity as it is the ideological authoritarianism that says, here's, I'm going to tell you who you are, not because of your choice and you have manifested to me your philosophy and your choice. No, I'm going to tell you who you are despite your choice or lack thereof. In fact, you might not even be aware of what I'm about to tell you, so I'm going to tell you now. That's indoctrination that's going on to so, so many of our children. And therefore, you can't do anything about it. You're a racist if I tell you you're a racist. And by the way, that's why you've got to be, you've got to be fighting back against those oppressors. You know, this is where intersectionality comes in, and this is a weird concept from the other side as well. You know, they have nothing better to do than to sit around and come up with all these sick ideas. And then they slap these fancy words on them to make us think that they're smart, but they're not. And 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 what what intersectionality means is well you might be you might be a member of uh, one victim group, you know, maybe you're black. Uh, but then at the same time, you may be a member of another victim group at the very same time because you're a black woman. And then you may be a, a member of another victim group because you're a black gay woman. And, you know, and layer upon layer upon layer of victimization is crystallizing and concentrating in you. So this intersection of all these different Victim statuses piles up in you, and boy, you're the one. You're the one that everybody has to bow to and listen to. You're the one that has the most influence. It, it, brothers and sisters, none of this having anything to do with individual personal dignity, the vocation we each have in Christ, and maybe, you know, personal responsibility to use the talents and opportunities we've been given to make something of ourselves in the world and to advance socially and economically and to serve God's people and the nation that we live in. There's a lot more to be said about this, but we're out of time for, for tonight. But I, 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 I want to bring these, these, um, 
these biblical perspectives into focus as well. We are one in Christ Jesus. Notice Paul says, uh, no Jew or Greek, male or female, slave or free. He knows full well, obviously, people retain those particular identities. But in Christ, by our person, notice what he's saying. This is the opposite of what the, of what the left said. By our choice to believe in and follow Christ, we transcend the limitations of being part of those other groups. The left says just the opposite. Despite our personal choice, we are subject to the limitations of those individual groups. There's a lot more to this. We have to be able to sum this up to let the biblical worldview that we all share confront this political leftist ideology that's being imposed on us in America and understand that the threat to our freedom is not just the ideas, it's the authoritarian imposition of those ideas. Even to the point where we have sick governors like the governor in New York trying to tell people, Leave the state because of your political views. Bad stuff, brothers and sisters, really bad stuff. Let's pray. Lord, uh, we have to repent. We ask you to send your spirit upon this nation. We ask you to send your spirit upon those who are in positions of leadership, some of whom should not be there. We ask you to send your spirit upon uh, the voters. Wake them up to what's going on here, Lord, because we cannot continue in this direction. We cannot continue on this path. So many of our fellow citizens, Lord, understand the country's going in the wrong direction, but haven't yet quite seen with clarity the pattern and the reasons by which we're going in the wrong direction. So enlighten, strengthen, deepen their understanding, and deepen our unity, our unity around the American flag, our unity around our national anthem, our unity around those self-evident truths that we are all created equal and that we are endowed by you, our creator, with certain unalienable rights. Deepen our understanding and unite us around our identity in Jesus Christ, which enhances freedom rather than suppressing it. Father, help us. And may we bring these convictions to the voting booth in such overwhelming numbers that we deliver to this radical left authoritarian ideology the clear repudiation that it deserves. We sum up all our prayers and praises by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. It's always good to see you, to be with you, and uh, to, uh, to hear from you. Thank you. 
continue. And remember, as President Trump tells us, we belong to the greatest political movement in American history. We kneel only to God, not to government. This country doesn't belong to the radicals who are trying to destroy it. It belongs to you. And the best days of America are yet to come. God bless you, friends. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.